You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Convince me to stay, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. My name's Marcus Speller and Jim Campbell's here. Hello. And Luke Moore is here. All right. What else do we need? Welcome everybody, welcome. It's lovely to have you here. It's another week where we talk about the footballing action. There were tons of goals in the Premier League. Some matches were very one-sided, of course, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. There were tons of goals in one game in particular. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Yeah. Which oh. I, a game which I thought could have gone either way. It yeah. could have gone either way. <laughs> Who could have predicted such a thing? Yeah. <laughs> Watford's biggest ever loss in the top flight. Um, this is the game, of course, that one of our number bet money um, for charity that Manchester City would either draw or lose the game at yep. Watford. We talked up Watford in the last show. Of course, we said Silver's a good coach. I, I did question Luke's bet. When he said the bet, I said, no, he's going for it. And, and I like that. And I like the fact that you went for the perfect hat-trick, Luke. Basically, what happened was you'd, you'd, you'd have a tap-in with your right foot. You nodded in with your head. The ball's come to you. You could have had a touch and slotted into the corner. You thought, bicycle kick. Yeah. <laughs> and you've you, you and missed the ball. Off for it. In, yeah. <laughs> into the face of charity. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, I, I, Manchester City, my goodness. The best I think I can say about it is that um, I thought Watford were okay for the first 25 minutes. For the first 25, <laughs> yeah. not, not and, much wrong. I'm also subscribing to the Marco Silva school of thought, which says that um, the first goal was offside. Yeah. yeah. And, then if, if and that, the third. Yeah, and, and who knows how the game could have gone. Yeah, in a game with such tight margins you, you just don't know do you I mean a six goal margin isn't that tight but <laughs> I'll take the point it was, it was disappointing I was having a lovely day out with, uh, <laughs> with, with my wife and I did glance upon the score and I thought oh god three to done at half time there's no coming back from this but mm. you know Watford have been good so far this season and there's no shame in, in losing to Man City at home but the way they sort of capitulated yeah. and let it get to them um, was, was very disappointing as you can imagine 
the Twitter um, the Twitter mentions went through the roof. Mm. But if a lot you fly, of activity. Sometimes you fly too close to the sun. Yeah, you know, you, the Jim, wax you, on your wings melts. Do you agree with Luke that there's no shame in getting beaten by Manchester City? Looking at that Watford result, there is absolutely no shame at all in your heaviest defeat in the top. No, th- I, I didn't say. That. <laughs> I asked Jim. No, I didn't say. I that. asked Jim. I need to. I need to step in. <laughs> all right. There's no shame in losing at home to Man City. Is what I said. Yeah. I said, but the way in which they capitulated was fairly sad to see. Yeah, I was yeah. misquoting you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fake news. <laughs> Live fake news that yeah. was. Um, actually, I mean, the, the, it's a fair point, isn't it? Because the thing is, Watford are, Watford are set up to to tr- attempt to make things tough for that sort of team, and then if it, you know, if it suddenly starts going wrong, you haven't really got anywhere to go. And City are so good at exploiting that space; they're so so fast. Guardiola's been talking about how they're getting better at the short passes, and the fullbacks are giving him what he wants now. We didn't see this from them so much last season um, compared to what evidently he wanted from mm-hmm. his team. And they are they are looking a lot more. They're closer to the Barcelona team he had than than the Bayern Munich team he's had from, from what we've seen and yeah. they, they just kill you they just absolutely kill you if they start to get on top Guardiola was looking very relaxed and quite pleased and his one of his quotes started with it was so good yeah it's, and I like that he's, the standards he sets himself he can only be happy if he's thrashed someone 6-0 away well, they did, they, they, I mean Watford essentially just didn't see them for dust after, the, after they scored the first goal I mean <laughs> and I, 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 did, I do question how Watford reacted to that first goal I suspect one or two of their players because that goal first goal was offside I'm not letting that go mm. um, it could have been of, oh so different but if you look at the replay a couple of the Watford players are looking along the line and I think they know he was offside and I, think that, I just think they reacted very badly to that because yeah. I think three minutes later to Aguero scored again so and after that it was game over yeah, you point. can't just chalk a game off as being unfair can you you've got no, to, you know, to, to, to back Luke's point Luke, Luke's point up you know goals change games Massively. you know and all six of those goals changed the game every time one went <laughs> it in, you know it made the uh, had a the, huge bearing on the result <laughs> No, I mean, there is, a, there is a modicum of truth. You know, obviously goals well, the goals do change games, and I understand, but I think on the day, Man City was so oh, I, I don't want to take anything away from Man City. We were talking about it a bit before we came in the studio today. They found a great blend in the players they have going forward. Um, they've still got, they still need to find a place uh, at some point for Bernardo Silva, who doesn't seem to be starting many games at the moment, and he's a fantastic player as well. Gondoyan come off the bench, he's an asset. Sane's an asset as well. Mm, Fabian so, Delph. So go, well... He sadly didn't get on the pitch, but uh, uh, Watford didn't need him. No, that's, no. that's the measure. That's how good they are. That's it how wasn't good the his was. game, was no. it? Wasn't his game. But, but um, you can't be churlish and say, "Oh, you know, City didn't deserve it." I was disappointed for obvious reasons. I really mm. wanted that hat trick, and I thought if I could do it in a blaze of glory, it'd be yeah. even better. Yeah. But to not make it all about me, Watford, I've been impressed with so far this season. Um, they were disappointing, of course, but City can do that to any team. I mean, once they get going and they get up ahead of steam, very, very difficult for Watford to get back into the game. Um, I think Marco Silva did feel genuinely aggrieved because the last thing you want when you're a team, as Jim was just saying, who've set themselves up in that way, and they've been so well disciplined so far this season and really carried out their manager's instructions to the best of their ability, you get that real kick in the balls and get that offside goal against a team that's so good, then what do you do? Yeah. You know? Well, the answer is you shouldn't capitulate like they did and it'd be disappointing for the fans, but... City are a very, very good team. Yeah. I mean, even by, you know, even uh, um, including the fact that probably two of those goals were offside, or two of those goals absolutely were offside, and um, Silver also said they should have had a penalty for the foul on Chalabar. That's still a 4 1 home defeat. And it's going mm. to be an incredibly chastening thing, isn't it, to set up your team to, you know, to, to really go toe to toe with a team like Man City and get a thrashing like that. I mean, how does confidence recover from that? Because it's, it's such a clear demonstration that you're not good enough well, to what, what we always say, mix Jim, it with the best. On this show, is there's no, there's no sort of disgrace in, in getting beaten by a good team but you, what you want to do is get out of that um, get out of that sort of fixture or that type of fixture without getting battered I mean look, we'll probably come on to talk about Everton a bit, a bit later on they're 1-0 down with five, 10 minutes left mm. or whatever and in the game and they probably should have scored at least once and all of a sudden they're on the back of a 4-0 defeat and, that, and, and given the form they're in that is very bad for confidence so I, I just thought that you know, Man City, they, they didn't win every game last season or anything like that at home or away. And, and, and so you think they have got a bit of a chance to... I mean, I remember they got beat quite handily by Leicester away last season. And you just thought, well... No, it was at home. They drew away to Leicester last... Uh, oh, sorry, no, last they, season. They, I thought you meant the title. No, last season they, they were beaten 4-2 sorry. last season, yeah. And so and that was quite a rainy night and it was one of those yeah. types of games. You thought, well, Watford have been OK so far. There's a chance that they could... Um, they could they could um, get turned over, but sadly it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think with regards to Marco Silva saying, well, the first goal and the third goal and so on, I think maybe he is trying to send a message to his own players to say, 
we've been beaten by six. It wasn't a six-nil loss. Of course, yeah. and, you, and you understand that. Mm. Yeah, exactly. But Guardiola also said that we have found our game. We can make short passes. We have a lot of energy from our fullbacks. I mean, he's utilising the fullbacks well as he always does. He spent an awful lot of money on those fullbacks. So, you know, money talks, of course, in the game of football. I think Guardiola. I think that quote is very interesting. We have found our game. He looks very relaxed. If you look in the last in the last three games, they've scored 15 goals. They scored five goals in the first three matches of the season. We've only had a handful or two uh, of games into this season. From where I'm sitting, I look at that Man City. Said, if I was a professional footballer wanting to move to the Premier League, which I suppose um, take out the, the, the word professional and all that's still true, um, is that uh, <laughs> you may very well want to move to the Premier League, Marcus. Eh? Unfortunately, the universe has decided that's not going to happen. <laughs> Any league at this stage. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, but uh, you would look at that Man City side and think that looks like an awful lot of fun. And I look at you and think you'd be lucky with Ryman Premier. I, I, I would be extremely yeah. lucky with Ryman Premier. But, but, but you know, I'll go, go on, Jim. Yeah, the, the, the point stands like. They are a fun team to, to watch, and you would imagine that's the case to, to, to pl- play for them as well. And a lot has been made um, of the start City made last season, where they won, was it 10 games on the bounce? They were on a similar they had running, a good like, running streak. Yeah, yeah and um, uh, Guardiola said after the game, this is, a very, this is a very good period. I'm curious to see how we, we react when things are not so good. It seems like a very pointed challenge to his team to, to, to look at last season and make sure that they don't make the same mistakes again. Because they, they, they seemed a little bit listless, didn't they? They got their first defeat, and it, it all seemed to, to, to wobble and go wrong, but they looked stronger this year. Well, the one thing Gerald Piquet said, uh, the only criticism he had for Pep Guardiola at Barcelona was, we only had plan A. Well, now, this is, this is, this is plan A right. was so blisteringly good, they didn't need a plan B. But when I think, was it Tata, um, Tata Martino took over, uh, he said, oh, finally, we've got a plan B. Now, he hadn't had anywhere near the success of Guardiola. Well, I, I think the name of the game here is going to be humility um, and not just about Man City. We've seen teams, um, we saw Arsenal at the weekend, they, they showed a lot of humility in the way they set up against Chelsea. It was almost like they said to themselves, Chelsea at home, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge are a better team than us. How can we show a bit of humility, not arrogantly think we can match them and beat them? Let's set ourselves up to give ourselves the best chance of getting a result. And to take that back to Man City you're right City I think did win 10 games in a row in all competitions at the start of last season didn't come anywhere near winning the title and I would argue mm-hmm. the reason they didn't is because they didn't show humility against playing teams who are, who are better than them top teams need to be able to adjust their game and I'll tell you who's a great example of that is Conte at Chelsea they went away to Spurs earlier this season and they said we're going to make it hard for Spurs we don't think Spurs can break us down if we pack that midfield and play some defensive players and they nicked the game I don't think Guardiola's got a great reputation at all in doing that and mm-hmm. and if when you look at the players he's got to come in the players I listed earlier Bernardo Silva Gondoya and Sane these are all sort of attacking players with a similar sort of profile to players that are already in the team so have they got a plan B I don't think they have, but I'm sure we'll find out when they go to Old Trafford, when they go to Stamford mm. Bridge. All, the, all this sort of, these games come up. Yeah, well, they're playing Chelsea at the end of September, which and that's a white Stamford Bridge, which would be the first real test, I think, mm. uh, for Manchester and City. Chelsea will be without David Luiz, yeah, I think. And I think with Manchester City, when you say, what will they do? I think it is kind of in the same remit. He likes to play possession football. If you want to attack a side, play possession football, be like the ball constrictor, wait for their, um, you know, uh, little chinks in their arm or whatever and exploit that well if we want to play defensively well we'll keep the ball so they can't attack us with it you know I don't think it'll look too differently but yes they have their weaknesses they look a little bit soft perhaps at the centre defensively not so good but every team in the league's got weaknesses but at the moment Manchester City look like that they could really challenge for this title I agree and I'll tell you what going back to um, to Vicarage Road the man who's got so many mentions on this show so far this Elton season, John Sir Elton John uh, yeah. um, at the game Get a bit of screen time. Was that why Guardiola was so pleased? Not only did Simon won 6-0, he met his, I presume, his hero, Sir Elton John. Mm. Um, do you think that when um, Guardiola took his team into the into the away dressing room, there was a, um, a grand piano in there? I'd say so. <laughs> Elton having a little tinkle. <laughs> what, in the away dressing room yeah. at the side that he's put so much money into? Having a little, yeah. t- having a little tinkle. <laughs> I can see the Arsenal <laughs> dressing rooms having a grand piano. Maybe not what <laughs> The candelabra on the top. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Well, we move on to uh, Manchester City's rivals, Manchester. Manchester United, of course, yes. Rooney played well on his return at Old Trafford, but Everton were gubbed. They were. But they it was were. a strange game, though, wasn't it? Mm. It didn't seem like a 4-0 until, as, as Luke mentioned earlier, that, that strange capitulation at the end. And what's really striking is how, how profoundly Rooney was their best player. And it, it, they seem reliant on him very quickly, well, which I, think I what, for one, did not see coming. What was I think what is quite worrying, Jim, is... is 
in among all what's happened, you know, Wayne Rooney having to, to drive that team forward was quite... Well, I, I've, I was fascinated by the um, the programme notes that Mourinho wrote uh, about Ronald Koeman's Everton. He basically used the programme notes, which as far as I'm, I understand them, are, are there to welcome the team to, the, to Old yeah. Trafford, talk a bit about your season so far. He treats them like a roast of the yeah, opposition manager, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. So basically saying that, um, that Everton with the money they spent should need to be challenged in top four. Now, we understand why he's doing that. And there's two parts of this, I think. One is that... Um, He's doing that clearly because I think despite United's good start, he, he, he doesn't want to be too careful. He thinks that Everton might show a bit and maybe challenge them for a top four place. So they're a rival. But two, the second part of it is Mourinho's absolutely right. I mean, you've got to look at... Marcus, I know you're, you're a fan of Koeman's work and you, you've watched Everton quite slow, uh, closely. <laughs> what does success look like for Everton? To me, they have to be challenging for top four mm. because I think they've been backed. They've They've... They've taken the well, Kuman, I suppose, has taken um, the decision to try and replace Lukaku's goals uh, all around the pitch by signing lots of different players. He he agreed to sell Lukaku early in the window so he could get his business done himself. Um, and they are in a terrible run at the moment. They haven't scored for a while. They've not shown anything at all. Um, their their marquee signing, if you like, for the season, uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson, has shown absolutely nothing. Uh, and it's worrying times for Kuman and Everton. I think Kuman is second favourite for the sack mm. now, which he wouldn't imagine would have happened if you thought about it in the summer mm. nice to see angry birds on their sleeves though <laughs> yeah they, stop they, deflecting <laughs> <laughs> i think that um you're right some of the things you touched upon touched upon there uh, everton need to be looking very very uh, ambitiously at the premier league table this season with the money they've spent and and some of the players they've got in building on last season last season's performance they're in europe this season as well so it shows you the ambitions of the club uh, i find it funny that they start with essentially three number 10s because mm. Rooney yeah. really I think is some people would argue that he is even if you play him right up he still drops in he still yeah. drops in yeah. like he did at Old Trafford and he was probably their best player on, he should have had a day. goal he should have scored he should have scored he missed a really good chance didn't he I think De Gea did very well with that though Rooney no way score. no Rooney, way he Rooney. did he just stood there though I mean Rooney mm. had the whole goal to aim at oh, yeah, I mean yeah he did he saved it I, yeah. of course he, he did his job but Rooney he did his job because Rooney emphatically didn't do his job yeah, at, exactly. at that moment but you know I think they would have Probably still, I don't know, they could have got something. But anyway, uh, Rooney is in there. Sigurdsson, who we all know likes the team built all around him, is playing behind Rooney. Yeah. And uh, and was it Tom Davis who was in there as well? I find it funny that Koeman is persisting with this back three because if he changes it to a back four, they have the personnel to have full backs in there. They have the personnel to have two midfielders. Maybe you have Gay and Schneiderlind behind Sigurdsson. So Sigurdsson's happy in his role. He's got mm. two defensive midfielders behind him. Have a couple on the wings. Now they may feel like they don't have enough quality on the wings, and then and then Rooney up top. Rooney likes to drop deep, but at the moment Rooney is dropping back uh, as he does, and it's sort of standing on Sigurdsson's toes. He doesn't know. It's, mm. it's, it's taking a while to click. I would have two runners next to Rooney on the wings, like you know, a Lingard and a Martial, like they did for um, a little bit of Man United. I felt really sorry for Everton fans because there was this one moment where um, Lukaku took a free kick. And he and he just completely fluffed it, and everyone started cheering. And obviously, he's fired it in, scored. Yeah, yeah. And cupped he his ear. He wouldn't have cupped his ear if he didn't get that those pelters from the Everton no. fans in the first place. I have no problem. No, neither do I. With a player doing that, because if you're going to give it, learn to take it. Absolutely, he's got his right to reply, hasn't he? Of course. Yeah. I I love, I to be fair, I, I, Jim, I did you think... like it when Adebayor did that to the Arsenal loved fans? Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> that was funny. Though. Just, Surely yeah. you can see it was but funny. If, it if was you can't, of... if you can't enjoy the silly side of football, then you have got no place watching let's, it. Do you know what I mean? Let's. And that's all part of that. Let's not be chosen. Let's not be silly. But it was one of the greatest moments in the history of the Premier League. <laughs> I agree. And I think, I think for all Jim's fair-mindedness, and I, I can absolutely, knowing Jim, I can absolutely see why he would have found that funny and taken himself away from the situation. Mm -hmm. The sheer anger for the Arsenal fans in the present <laughs> I can, I was, enough, see it now. was enough to power a thousand suns. <laughs> if you could have just harnessed that, all the world's energy problems would be solved yeah. overnight. Oh, yeah. The heads yeah. were as red as the shirts that day. steam was just coming yeah. off them all. Yeah, it was it's, crazy. It's, it's brilliant, Could it? have powered an airship. Yeah. It was yeah. unbelievable. Could have powered a plane to fly a yeah. banner over the stadium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, Kuman held a meeting with his players after their loss against Atalanta in the Europa League. Encouraged right. them to. We've be... been beaten again. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to let you know. Yeah. Should, should we go to the pub? Yeah, the players are like, "Yeah, we know that we were there." Uh, well, yeah. he encouraged them to be more aggressive and get the confidence levels up, to, and not to let their standards drop. And, and then they lost by one more goal than that. <laughs> yeah, uh, now, it wasn't a four-nil game. 
It wasn't no, a 4 0 But game. also, I mean, that's really interesting that you said don't let your standards drop because that quite emphatically happened in the chronology of the game. Yeah. I, I just think, you know, you, you say, Marcus, it wasn't a 4 0 game, and I understand why you're saying that. But I mean, if you capitulate and can see three goals in the last seven minutes mm-hmm. of the game, it's a 4 0 game. I, they, well, they'll take heart from some of their players. Yeah, they would. And they were, they were, they were in the game. They were absolutely in the game. Yeah. But those seven minutes at the end of the, of the match, they do still count. And you, and you can't <laughs> be giving away silly penalties and you can't be sort of not reacting to things that are happening because that goal difference. We've seen teams miss out on the title from goal difference. Yeah. So that stuff does happen. So you yeah. have to be careful. And, and going back on to, to Wayne Rooney, his two goals are the only ones they've scored in the league thus far. And they were over-reliant on him against uh, Manchester United at Old Trafford. You, I do wonder about that Sigurdsson signing. Now, I hope he proves us all wrong. And actually, they do click, and, it, and, it, and it's great to watch. But they spent an awful lot of money on a player who, yes, he's good, but he, he didn't do very well at Spurs, possibly because of positional issues uh, again, and, and, and Spurs having other quality players in there. Kuman knew what he was hoping to get out of Rooney this season. They didn't get the replacement for Lukaku, so Rooney has gone up top. And Rooney can do that. He's already scored two, again, the performance at Old but Trafford. If, if Rooney delivers you 10 Premier League goals a season, you're going to be over the moon with that. Yeah. He's not a goal scorer. He's not a, an not out and now. out. Not now. Yeah, you would say. So, why not have, you know, Calvert Lewin, stick him on the wing? You know, when Lukman uh, returns, he might be out with injury. Uh, forgive my haziness on that. You know, use the wings there. Yeah. But to stuff three number 10s, if it's you like. It's weird. It's like a little. Tiny flying V, like he's watched the Mighty Ducks. It's Maybe just, just weird. And also, I mean, Barkley coming back just just makes that problem worse, oh doesn't it? It's yeah. a weird situation. Well, the Cumin, the Cumin re- response to Mourinho is so funny. It was like Cumin's <laughs> face when he was asked about the uh, the, the, the Mourinho program notes comments. Cumin was fuming. He was he was like. He, was, he had a look, look on his face, which was, I can't believe Mourinho said this. I am absolutely fuming with him. Yeah. And, he, and he said, um, and, and you know, Koeman's quite an evil, even-handed, sort of quite... I, I don't know what evil. he's like. No, yeah, evil, even-handed. No, I don't know what he's like <laughs> in person, but with the media, he seems to be quite sort of level-headed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he said it was the most sort of um, controversial thing you're ever going to get out of someone like Koeman. He was like, Mourinho, come on, get real. Yeah. <laughs> get, get real. Get real. Get real. Right, yeah. I heard a lovely thing recently that uh, Koeman, he spends a lot of time on the Algarve, right? on his days off if you follow but, his... Uh, well, you're supposed to be taking training by the look of it. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you have a look on Twitter, there's some lovely photos of him on the Algarve. Stop banging the drum. Oi, and you know who uh, pitched up next to him and had a villa built next door to him? Big Louis Van Hull. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, that's the worst neighbour on your holiday, yeah, surely. Imagine that, though, in the morning. Cooman's yeah. out on the balcony, <laughs> you know, not a thread of clothing on him, <laughs> thinking, yeah, look at my manor. And Louis Van Hull pitches up, yeah, they're big, <laughs> but they're not that big. <laughs> That's not a knife. <laughs> what a fascinating insight into your mind. They would have a bollock off, wouldn't they? Can I just say, Jim, um, can I hear more from Marcus? <laughs> I would imagine those two would get on famously, but they would be quite competitive. Oh, yeah. so you've uh, you've um, you've got a pond in your... But yeah, you haven't got a waterfall in there. Like, <laughs> you know, it would be a bit like that, wouldn't it? They, like um, you are with your neighbours, Jim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess the statue features would be themselves. Uh-huh. Take mm. away ponds and put in wheelie bins, and that's uh, Jim's equivalent. But, have, have it a dick. You yeah. mentioned the Mighty Ducks earlier. What about the mighty Hucks? Mick Hucknell <laughs> was in the stands. What a link. <laughs> that wasn't even planned. I'm filling in for Pete, can't by tell, the way. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> Who's obviously in Japan. Yeah. Um, Visiting the secret family. With, with Mick Hucknell. <laughs> Sir Alex Ferguson was sat next to Mick Hucknell in the stands. Obviously the lead singer of Simply Red. Yeah, I got, we got a little um, Facebook message from Peter Blow who says, I realised this weekend that if he wore a ginger wig, Sir Alex Ferguson could probably get away with using Mick Hucknell's passport. <laughs> So if those of you out there who are adept at using Photoshop in Pete's absence, Mm. please by all means fill fill your boots and let us know. We're giving old Blowy a lot of airtime, aren't we? Peter Blow, wasn't he before, was he? He's not a friend of the Ramble yet, is he? He's getting on for it. Is he? Let's change it, let's make him one now. Is Mick Hucknell a friend of the Ramble? No. Uh, (laughs) Certainly not, although we did enjoy one of his performances. Some of you will uh, remember this. Those two are new to the parish will not know that uh, Luke and I went to the Nordoff Robbins extravaganza at the Grosvenor Hotel in London, which was full of ex-footballers and, and football illuminati it's, yeah. it's safe to say and I think you mean luminaries don't yeah. you? not illuminati that would, that would be a conspiracy secret lizard society, society. Yeah. you weren't there Jim no it's <laughs> <laughs> a conspiracy yeah. in itself true yeah okay that, that one uh, lots of people from the world of football were there and, uh, and it was good to be in their company Pele was the guest of honour yeah Richard Keyes was uh, on stage the guest of disgrace yeah <laughs> 
And, and Mick Hucknall sung a song for, for Pele. Yeah. Which was uh, I mean, very It's one of the surreal. more surreal moments of my life, to be honest. <laughs> I never thought Mick Hucknall would be singing anyone a song in my presence. Right. Well, I hoped he wouldn't anyway. It, it certainly wouldn't. Like Richard yeah. Keyes would also be yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> but it was what? almost like, you know, when you have a dream and you wake up and you think, oh, that was, that was odd. Yeah. It actually happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Mick's, Mick's um, a big Man United fan. To be fair to him, he's a big football fan. That's why they're called um, Simply Red. And listen, he must have something about him if he sat next to Sir Alex for a United They're game. mates. I know they are, yeah. Mm. Apparently when uh, Mick used to live out in Milan, was it? Or had a house in Milan, Ferguson would go out there, they'd watch Inter together or AC. Oh, what a night out. Lovely yeah. times. Ali and Mickey. Pele just rocking up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Naked next door, probably Van, got a house there as well. Van yeah. Gaal and Koeman sat behind them. <laughs> Testies out. Yeah. <laughs> Celebrity oh. detectives, football detectives, <laughs> Rob Koeman and Louis Van Gaal. Koeman and Van Gaal. Oh dear. Um, shall we move on to Roy Hodgson? Yes. yes. Why not? Mm. He didn't get anything from his first game in charge of he Palace. He did not. They are in big, big trouble. They, big, big trouble, Jim. They are, but what I find really fascinating about this is obviously, you know, they've lost the first five games without scoring a goal, and that's a terrible run. They're, they're still it's only, a record. They're, yeah, well, they're still only three behind Bournemouth and four behind Everton, Leicester, West Ham, Brighton. So, well, they'll sleep easy then. Yeah, no, but just a win changes it a lot more than you would think after five games. We've been doing this show yeah. for a long time, and I don't remember ever when we've been so concentrating on the league table in September. <laughs> don't worry about that. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no, nothing to point out or to or to suggest that Crystal Palace are going to get relegated because of what they've just done. So they're not in trouble. Well, well they are in trouble as far as they haven't won a game yet. But there are okay. still like 33 games left. Yeah, I, I said they were in big, big trouble. Put it in this way. Oh, they're just it, big trouble. Put it this way, Marcus. Mm. They could still win the title. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you fancy another flutter? Do well, you? actually, I've just looked. No, no you're just, not in the chair anymore. I've just looked at their next three games. They yeah, won't win the title. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I mean. We said they needed to get something out of this game against Southampton, and even if they'd have got that. Equaliser. I mean, Fraser Forster made a, a couple of great saves. He it's, made one fantastic save. Yeah, had out they, of nowhere. I remember I was watching the game and I thought, if they can just get a point, even a point, mm. get that goal, get a point, it gives them so much more confidence. And the fact that they will have, they'll go away thinking we should have scored, we should have got something out of the game. They didn't, and now they go away to Manchester City, then away to Manchester United, and I think it's Chelsea at home after that. It is, yeah. My goodness. But if they need some confidence. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, Roy Hodgson could be the man to do it. Danny Murphy made some interesting points uh, on Match of the Day 2. And he said that when Hodgson came in uh, to manage Fulham, when Murphy was there, Fulham were down in the doldrums. They weren't uh, playing well at all. They weren't getting any points. Confidence was very low. Hodgson came in, drilled them in, in training, as we know he does. Gave them, But he said that they, he gave them the freedom to play within that which is quite mm. interesting. And he also said about his confidence uh, that, that, that Hodgson gave the players, and it had uh, an enormous impact, and of course he, he kept them up against all odds that season. Um, Mark Schwarzschild, I spoke to him uh, this morning briefly, and he was he was obviously at Fulham under Hodgson as well, and he said that um, when Hodgson first came in around that time, um, it was very monotonous and very almost quite boring, and, and the players were thinking, looking around going, come on, what's happening here? But mm. slowly but surely... The results started to pick up. Mm. The, like, people started to see how these training drills re- related directly mm-hmm. to match situation. And Hodgson has got such vast experience uh, at football that um, at that level that as the results started to pick up, they naturally picked up confidence. And all of a sudden, it was it, it was it was almost like it worked perfectly. And, and and from then on, it was it was um, it was great. And so to cut a long story short, I suppose it might take a little bit more time than people realise. But I think Palace should start picking up points. Well, Probably not within the next three games, yeah. but maybe after that. Yeah. Well, that's what uh, Kevin Gallagher mentioned that in the interview for the ACAR special this month <clears throat> about working with Hodgson at Blackburn. And I think that Hodgson. He's taken a realistic approach like Sam Allardyce did. When Sam Allardyce went there, he said, this is going to be tough. It took him I a think, while to get them going. I think we're going to yeah. be able to do it, but this is going to be tough. And they are the sounds that Hodgson's making. Uh, but with regards to what you said, Jim, about the table, and also you, Luke, about it's only September, let's not be hasty. It's true, even if they don't win the next three games, which you can't imagine them doing, if they get one point on paper in the next three games, that'll be decent. Mm. Uh, they'll still be uh, in the in the runnings for, for staying up, for crying out loud. You know, There's still a lot of football to be played. And if Hodgson can just get the, the 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 wheels turning and turn them turn the ship around, as it were, then uh, then they they really will have a chance. So so we, we we've got high hopes for Hodgson at, at Palace. Well, but, I, I don't actually care. I mean, if they get <laughs> if they get relegated, I don't care. Well, no, I quite like Palace. What well, no, what we've said is we have high hopes for him at, yeah. uh, at Palace, but he'll probably be gone by November after that. <laughs> um, uh, we're going to talk about Arsenal and Newcastle after this. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Wayne getting involved. I saw him last week slapping a wrestler. I'm thinking, why is he getting involved in all that nonsense? Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Before we talk about those arsenals, let's have some correspondence, Jim. Hello. Uh, hi, Ramblers. A long-time listener, first-time caller, and unfortunately a story to add to the David Seaman selfie debacle, mm. as it's now become known in the wider world. I believe David and I lived in the same neck of the woods for a period of our lives. There were always stories hovering around about unconfirmed sightings of this rare but beautiful ponytailed beast. That was until, in a local shop, there appeared a signed photograph of the man himself perched proudly above the counter. Not a selfie, but a photo from his glory days in which he was stretching to tip out a drilled shot towards the far post. It was signed simply, Thanks for the mushrooms, David Safehand Seaman. Nice. All, in, all in capitals. So there you go. Maybe not a fan of the selfie, but certainly a fun guy. Love always, Joe Brownen. Thanks for the mushrooms. What though. David should, Seaman should do is just carry a sort of, you know, a good cachet of those um, of those types of photos. Like actor headshots, maybe. Yeah, even. so when people ask for a selfie, well, you can have this one instead. I mean, yeah. Everyone's happy. Then. Can I imagine him with, in, in a turtleneck with that ponytail yeah. in black and white? Proper actory headshot. I think I'd prefer an, an action football action shot, but I mean, that, mm. that would maybe be a compromise. There's nothing to stop him carrying a selection around. Exactly. exactly. So if you're listening, David, maybe yeah. maybe do that. But maybe. the thing is, that is more trouble than just giving someone a selfie, basically. <laughs> Quite, yeah. You could get them to do it all for you. I know, yeah. Got another one, as is the tradition. Hey Ramblers, just picking on your horse calves chat. I vaguely remember from A-level biology 20 years ago, so this oh, may be fallible, oh, that, the, that the pentadactyl limb evolution in horses meant that they are essentially walking on their middle fingers. Now, right, OK. That's fascinating to me. With this in mind, their calves would presumably be much further up their legs on their rear end. Like I say, it's a vague recollection, so I'm happy to be corrected, but if horses do wander around essentially flipping everyone the bird, this does explain why Geordies are happy to throw a punch at them. <laughs> Cheeky little equine mugs. Yeah, well, Deli Alley was given a little tribute to the horses, yeah, wasn't he? Perhaps he was. Luckily, Pete's not here to further that conversation. <laughs> I couldn't be happier. Yeah. It's <laughs> ideal, really, isn't it? Any more, Jim? Yeah, greetings, Ramblers. Pardew was again in self-effacing form during the pre-match coverage of Palace versus Southampton on Saturday. Talking about Jason Punchin, Pard said he was in non-league. He was nowhere before I signed him. Punchin, of course, signed for then League One Southampton from then Championship Plymouth Argyle and even played against Pardew Southampton in League One whilst on loan at Amazing. MK Dons. Sometimes I question whether Pards actually has Brent-esque levels of delusion and believes what he's saying, or if he's just a fib-telling rotter. Toodles, Andrew Johns. See, yeah, if, if, if he built a villa next to Van Hal and Koeman, he would walk out on the balcony and they'll be like, ah, get back indoors yeah, with that. Absolutely. He wouldn't, though, would he? Leave it. No. <laughs> um, this is getting strange, I must say. Pardew, uh, never, let, never let a truth get in the way of a good story. That's absolutely. What I say. Absolutely. The man's got his own myth to, 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 to build up. Yeah, and easily... Debunked He's one, yeah. debunked myth. Yeah, we're, it's not always going to work, is it? He's <laughs> Keep moved, trying out. By the time Paz just put that out there and we're all debunking it, he's moved on. He's on to his yeah. next job. Exactly. Like the Donald. Yeah. Very much yeah. so. Like the Donaldson. <laughs> <laughs> but one more. Lads, I'm a Dunfermline fan and we have had both the actor who played Les Battersby in Coronation Street and the Blazing Squad paraded at half-time. Les had a par shirt with Battersby 1 on the back. <laughs> Tragic. Kind regards, Nicky Blair. So, that, I mean, that is, that's in response to the, the calls for celebrity unveilings. The uh, Blazing Squad. What on earth Blazing Squad in Dunfermline. Yeah. That they must have been doing me. a show that night or something. We, last week, for those who didn't hear it, I, I made a call for incongruous um, um, 
parading of celebrities mm. around ground. This was after Tito Jackson at Wolves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a few people did point out that the ultimate is Michael Jackson at Exeter City with Yuri yeah, Geller. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the high watermark. That's that good. I mean, there was obviously a, um, a statue outside Fulham of, of Michael Jackson, as we all know, but mm. Michael Jackson and Yuri Geller, I think Michael Jackson might have even addressed the crowd from a lectern at St. James's <laughs> Park for Exeter play. So if you're going to get anywhere near that, then please do get in touch. Well, uh, who's the actor? Tony Curtis, I think, was paraded at Fulham once upon a time. A famous actor from Some Like It Hot. Indeed. Yeah, but I think he probably was a Fulham fan, was he not? Well, Hugh Grant is, and I don't think he's ever been paraded. Well, maybe he's not quite up to muster. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe he has, I don't know. You might say more about Hugh Grant. I've, actually, I've definitely seen Hugh Grant in the crowd at Fulham, actually watching the game. Yeah, he was... Uh, maybe he doesn't want any fuss. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't Cliff Richard do a song at Wimbledon once? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, 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 he did. (laughs) Not AFC, though. Um, If you do want to get in touch, the uh, the address is show at thefootballroundwater.com for all that sort of chat. Dot com. Arsenal got a credible point at Stamford mm. Bridge. They're still not going to win the league, are they, Jim? But they look like a cohesive unit that was evidently difficult to break down. Yeah, that was the, that was a really positive thing about it. You know, it's um, a lot's been made of the fact. Yeah, obviously it's a draw. It's not a win. It's not you know, it's it's not a huge thing to shout about. But the, the you know the improvement of the performance from this game to, to from the Liverpool game is absolutely immense. And it's simply just down to the discipline. This is a frustrating thing. I mean, you think any side with the ambition to to you know go for the title as Arsenal regularly state is the case would. Personally, you know, I think that's fanciful, but um, you would expect that as the bare minimum from a team in every single match, whoever they're playing against. But you know, it's it's good that clearly the ideas that they're being sort of you know taken through are taking root, and they were so so disciplined. Every player on the pitch was incredibly disciplined, and Danny Welbeck should have scored. Lacazette probably should have scored as well, and obviously Chelsea had a few chances here and there. But it it was a far far more encouraging performance. It just, well, it's nice I, to be I, able to enjoy. I like us how you gloss over game. Chelsea's coach. Oh, he should have scored. Oh, Chelsea had a Pedro should have scored. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. I'm not glossing over it. I literally mentioned You're it. You're treating this like Glenn Hoddle's England going away to Italy and getting a nil-nil draw and qualifying for the World Cup. That's how enjoyable this was for you, well, I didn't know that was going to go in that direction. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd like to point, just to go back to what I said earlier in a slightly different context, about this humility and what Arsenal were able to do was, was show a bit of humility and say, look, we're going to set ourselves up here, be disciplined, make it hard for them to beat us, and ended up, lo and behold, without Urzu and Sanchez, being the better side because they, they stuck to their shape mm. they worked really hard Ramsey and Xhaka knew what was expected of them in the middle of the park and they, dis- they I mean they, we all saw the, the graphic of their average positions that was mm. put on the BBC which was a staggering thing to see absolutely brilliant and it shows that Wenger well I think it shows that Wenger is still actually able to get through to his players and get them to perform mm. uh, a disciplined uh, a disciplined uh, type, type of uh, approach and you know as I said this on the radio earlier they're playing West Brom at home in the league next and then they play Brighton at home you can let your hair down in those sort of games. Set yourself up to be swashbuckling to blow those sort of teams away yeah. and win. When you go away to Chelsea, make it hard. Yeah. And you'll yeah. pick up more points. And it's no coincidence that their record away from home against big teams is terrible because they don't adjust or yeah. their game or, or give any sort of um, sacrifice to the fact that the other team might be better than them. Yeah, well, my concern actually is that... Um, these lessons are forgotten very quickly, so I, I don't necessarily see there's anything wrong with setting up like that against West Brom at home. See how it, you know, see how it pans out. Use that platform to try and go ahead, and then perhaps you know, open it up, make it flow a bit more, because you know that sort of thing. It goes back to actually, sim- it's kind of what Jamie Carragher was saying about that, you know, that settled back three or Rio Ferdinand rather next week, uh, last week, how it, you know, it becomes like a, a kind of telepathic understanding between the players. If you, you know, if you do that all the time, when it comes to the big games, it's going to be easier because it's going to be natural. If you. Uh, as I say, it's just a minimum. I, the minimum. I, I think the thing it also throws into fairly stark focus is the fact that Arsenal, in the big games, have shown themselves, to, especially away from home, have shown themselves to be able to be the better team without their two so-called big stars. Mm. But they didn't need to bring Sanchez on. I sort of understand why he did, but he didn't have to do that. They can, look, I, I don't care how unfashionable it is to say this. They can't afford to have Urzu and their team away from home against a big team. Because he doesn't he, look how hard Awobi worked at the mm. ball. Look how disciplined he was in position, in, in keeping, you know, keeping the intensity up. And I, I don't think Urzil gives you that. I don't think he gives you that intensity. And so, you could argue for the amount of money that Urzil was asking for, and for the amount of money Sanchez is asking for to stay. Would you be better off saying, look, no thanks, we're, we're going back to basics here, we're going we're gonna to make ourselves a really tough unit, we've got enough quality to beat mm. teams like Brighton at home anyway with respect to them, we don't actually need it, we're not playing in the Champions League this season, we're going to make it tough for our people, good teams to beat us. I think with the next two games with West Brom and Brighton, there's definitely 
you know a good four points for Arsenal in those games. But um, and that is a dig. But uh, <laughs> with that humility you, you you talked about there, Luke, did it? Did that humility reach the stands with those Arsenal fans, in particular that one gentleman who oh, I yeah, assume yeah. is a friend Poor of guy. yours, Jim? I haven't actually seen this. I, yeah, I was brilliant. There's a great photo of it where Mustafi's wheeling away in celebration, and he's right on there. He's, he's, he's in <laughs> mid end, thinking that's me. This is worth getting a potential life ban from all the stadia around the com- country. And of course, it was disallowed. The silly sod. So does that still count? Can he still be banned? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Like a foul when the whistle's no, already gone. flag was up, so yeah. you can't do me. <laughs> <laughs> And the stewards are like, all right, get back yeah, in your seat I then. I genuinely hope that, that they do see some leniency because of exactly how daft it is. I imagine they won't. I love, I love that that was a perfect storm, the Mustafi thing, because he doesn't score many goals, right? So when you see a player who knows they're right on the edge in terms of offside and onside, a forward player who mm-hmm. scores a lot of goals, what's the first thing they do? They look over to the flag. No, Mustafi's not really in that. Yeah. He's hey, doing the bird celebration. What, yeah. He's off. For what yeah. it felt like minutes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Jesus did that, didn't he, for Man City? He had a look over. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that's grand. But yeah. Mustafi knows such nonsense. David Louise was sent off. The 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 one he was given a straight red card for was definitely a straight red card. People saying that perhaps he could have been sent off for that overhead kick that ended up his boot ended up in, uh, in was it um, Koscielny's upper chest? Yeah, yeah. I, well, uh, was that a straight red, Luke? You think it was? Well, I'm obviously not going to win many friends by saying this. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not someone who would like to see the overhead kick stamped out of the game, but I'm just going to put it out there um, with the letter of the law as it stands. I mean, because that's all we can do, mm-hmm. really. A tackle or challenge that endangers the safety of an opponent or uses excessive force or brutality must be sanctioned as serious foul play. Now, serious foul play is a red card offence. Uh-huh. The letter of the law as it's been written and as it's supposed to be implemented by referees is that David Luiz, in a crowded penalty area, has no business putting his foot six and a half mm. foot up in the air with, with force. So, technically, he should have been sent off. Now... Yeah, I don't actually agree with it. I don't agree with the law. I think I understand why the law is in place, and I wouldn't necessarily like to see it be interpreted in that way. But I think it's pretty unam- pretty unambiguous, really. Um, and, and some people made the point about so if a, go- if a goalkeeper goes to punch the ball out and accidentally catches someone's head, do you think that's dangerous play? Well, I've just read you the law. I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, that, if, if he's endangering the safety of an opponent by throwing his fist at a hundred mile an hour mm-hmm. in the direction yeah. of someone's head, I mean, to me, it seems. As I've just said, quite unambiguous. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that's how it is. I mean, if, if that player does get clattered by the fist, I mean, it's, surually the proof is in the pudding. It's, it's, it's been proven to be dangerous by the outcome of it. Mm. You know, and so, I mean, no one's saying that. No one's saying that you can't goalkeepers can't punch or people can't ever overhead kick again. Mm. It's just in these I mean, he's a very affa- he's a very affable chap, David Luiz, and I think it's probably why he put that foul in. Because he thought, they're going to talk about this, should I have been sent off, level it up, let's just get me done here, well, and then everyone's happy. Well, if I get another yellow here, it's just one game, mm. so if I do straight away, I get three games off. I, f- I think he did very well to fell a moving tree. Yeah, two, two points on the, old, on the old overhead kick thing, though, as well, just quickly. The Wayne Rooney example. Oh, yeah, but you'll never see a goal like Wayne Rooney uh, scored against Man City mm. again. Well, o- overhead kick shouldn't be outlawed. Well, you will because there was no one around him, so he wasn't endangering he, well, yeah, the opponent. And secondly, by the way, and when he did that, that law that I've just read, I don't think it was in place in that way. In that, yeah, but in no one's saying that overhead kick should be outlawed. In the same way, you know, Mane having his boot up that high, if there's no one around him, it's fine. So th- yeah. th- there's no argument. Yeah, because of... Mane wouldn't have been sent off if he, he controlled the ball that high with his foot when there's no one around exactly. him. Exactly. So the, the thought of, well, overhead kicks will be but No, that's that's just a, a silly thing well, to it's, say. It's the football equivalent of everything being PC, has gone mad. Well, yeah, but that is fair comment, though, Jim. <laughs> um, speaking of which, Newcastle United, uh, they currently occupy a Champions League spot. Well, that is football, I'm mad. That is, I mean, that is modern football at its strangest. Pete's so annoyed he's left the country. Yeah, he's... Because they're he, only going to let him down. He's, he's furious. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're not going to stay in fourth, so why bother occupying that spot now? We might as well have lost the game. What's the point? Um, Jamal LaSalle's led by example with a lovely header. He's mm. the man of the moment up there, isn't he? He recently sorted out uh, with Mike Ashley over the phone, and crucially over the phone, because you wouldn't want to meet up with Ashley to to um, to, to discuss potential bonus payments and so on. You'd end up in a drinking contest. Yeah, would. <laughs> there would be vomit in a fireplace yeah, somewhere. Yeah, we've heard all about how the Very undignified, work. I think you'll agree, ladies and gentlemen. They agreed that each player will get over a million pounds if all targets are met. That's if they win the FA Cup. They'll get the majority of the bonus money, and to get the other uh, bonus money, all Newcastle need to do is finish in the top ten. Well, Newcastle are currently fourth, and they're still in the FA Cup, all to play for. Hmm. 
All to pay uh, for for Mike Ashley, maybe. Uh, yeah, another good win for them as well. I mean, Rafa Benitez, for, he gets. I don't know if I know, can think of a coach who's so successful and so you know so delivers so regularly, being sort of having question marks over his ability. I mean, he's he won things wherever he's gone. Really, people, I don't think people have been questioning I him. Well, I think they've been questioning Mike Ashley. Have they not? No, I don't mean in the particular context of Newcastle. I just mean mm. if people start talking about the great managers and good managers around. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it, let me put it another way. If um, that's why it was at the elite coaching thing the other day we spoke about. If Jurgen Klopp leaves Liverpool, yeah. Benitez is going to be in the shortlist. Not for Liverpool, no. No, he won't be willing. But what's what I'm saying? That's my point. Well, it's not, it's not a great example with Liverpool. He wouldn't go back to his old club. Well, but the point. Okay, fine. But the point is, Marcus. I think you understand the point. I'm, yeah. I can make it crystal clear for you. Enjoy mm-hmm. your picture if you want. The point is, he's Please not. Do. He's not being shortlisted for big jobs, is he? Well, I think. But I, I, I think. I think you're wrong because he managed Real Madrid before Newcastle. He chose to stay at Newcastle. I think if if Benitez became uh, available, I think I think he would. He managed Real Madrid for how long? Couple yeah, but that's a combination of the results going very badly because of him, and also Real Madrid being an absolute circus when it comes to that sort of thing. Well, but what you're saying is uh, Benitez isn't um, being shortlisted for certain jobs, but I'd, I I don't know which jobs that he would have been shortlisted for. Okay, but let me put it a slightly different way. Then he's not. He's, he's quite underrated in terms of people respect for how much he's achieved in the game possibly is there a better way to put it he's Rafa Benitez and he manages Newcastle yeah, that, there we go is that it yeah but he clearly chose to stay he wanted to you know he, he we know that he lives in England he, he likes living here for reasons best known to himself and uh, and he had a chance to, to, to potentially build something at Newcastle the fans showed him a lot of love which is something that maybe because of uh, the reasons that you've just said Luke he hasn't received elsewhere he got pelters at Chelsea and he won them a European trophy mm. and I think finished in the top four uh, and has mm. been perhaps derided quite nastily I, I just still think Inter that, and Real Madrid and maybe, and, maybe I phrased it badly but I just still think there are question marks over him when people talk about his abilities as a manager people start saying things like oh you know was he that good here or was he that good there? Well, actually, he's he's won things pretty much. You know, the Real Madrid sort of debacle aside, and potentially, as Jim said, there are other reasons for that. He's pretty much consistently won stuff wherever he's been. He's won the Liga with unfancied Spanish teams. He's won the Champions League. The, the performance at Chelsea under unbelievable difficulty was very, very impressive. He won a well. league title at Newcastle United. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of sorts. End yeah. of yeah. conversation. Yeah. The man has quality. Mm. And the good thing for me, actually, in, in, a, in, a, in a week which is weekend that's been pretty bad football wise, although Pompey did win um, Hosselu missed quite a few chances which is good it, to yeah, say. an actual hat-trick of chances yeah. incredibly yeah that's fun but Matt Ritchie was very good mm. he will be crucial to that Newcastle United side on his deliveries alone they should call him the postman Jim <laughs> maybe they do maybe they don't Scotsman through and through as well it's good <laughs> to see him um... well he was picked for Scotland and he hadn't been to the country that was yeah. the joke there of yeah. course yeah. Um, um, did you see what Jamal LaSalle says about, about Hosselu's misses in particular as in the Goals he didn't score. Not laughing his, laughing not his emojis on Instagram. No, no. He he, he said um, he knows himself. He should have scored a couple of goals today. But good teammates get each other out of the shit. And he, he spoke at length about. You did know, he say a sweary word? He did say a sweary word. But he spoke at length mm. about you know pulling together and not you know not you know abandoning players if it's not going well and just actually keeping that air of positivity around. I really really like the cut of his jib, Lascelles. He's it, it, I do real fresh breath I, of fresh air. I agree too. I think he's a real pro. I, I like I like every, every time I see him speak and I think he's I think he's great. Be so young and be a captain of such a big club I mean this is a t- club that's averaging what 50,000 fans in the championship mm. I mean it's got a big responsibility and I think he, I think he's grown to it I think Pete leading think, by example at 23 years old as Pete, well Pete, mm. should, Pete would probably say well we should just sell him before he maybe turns it's, a bit rubbish he takes double the responsibility that Pete takes and Pete's like 15 <laughs> years older than him <laughs> Pete should take a leaf out of his book well if you want to talk about men well into their 30s taking responsibility Gareth Barry yeah mm. Gareth bloody Barry he's equaled Ryan Giggs Premier League appearances record of 630 32. And I think that's good. Um, <laughs> I would agree with that. Mark. I think it's good you? that he will have the record because I think he's a better bloke than Ryan Giggs. Oh, that's <laughs> probably true. Probably fair, yeah. <laughs> I think Ryan Giggs, I think he might be waiting a while to challenge Ryan Giggs in the trophy department, but in terms of sheer turning up, yeah, he's done well. It's lovely. Yeah. Because that's that, that type of player, Gareth Barry, is, is, is an example to so many players. You can do, do the simple things well. You can be in title-winning sides. You can play for many, many years. You can be in international tournaments and so on and so forth. Uh, and and uh, wonderful, six hundred and thirty-two Premier League. And you know what I feel about different class about how football fans in England think about players who just don't give the ball away, unspectacular sort of shuttling type, um, mm-hmm. solid midfield mm. players. Gareth Barry fits in that mould. I'd say he normally averages you what thirty odd games a season in the league. If, if, 
particularly mm-hmm. consistently. Um, got an absolute hammer of a left foot on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's basically been part of the Premier League furniture ever since you can remember. Mm-hmm. And he, and you know, at his, at his best, he, and it's changed his position. Yeah, true. I mean, he, he started was off a, as a left back, didn't he? Yeah, could, yeah left back and wing back, all, all down the left because he was left footed. And yeah. England yeah. at a time were going, why can we not produce any players but, with a left? He's got one right out on the left straight away. That's a good testament to him actually, because now you think of him as central midfield player, don't you? Do, so yeah. it's, it's, it's a real a very steady central midfielder mm. uh, in the in the mould of Paul Lambert, one might say. Well, Ronald, Ronald Koeman could do with him back. <laughs> yeah, he certainly could. <laughs> but Koeman did say that he may well uh, rue the day that uh, he let Gareth Barry go. I think fair, he though, might already it? be doing that. Isn't mm. Gareth Barry a little bit past playing the number 10 role now? I yeah. Think? yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe, but, yeah. yeah. You, Ronald, when Ronald Koeman said that about Gareth Barry, do you think he meant in about two weeks' time? <laughs> <laughs> I, very much, I might rue, rue this in about a fortnight. <laughs> <laughs> Come down to the Algarve. Right then, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) we're going to talk about the championship after this. If I had 99 more England caps, I'd have had 100. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Don't forget the preview show sponsored by Bet365 is out on Friday. Luke couldn't make a hat-trick. He is out of the hot seat. A great effort, though. He got a double. I said on Twitter I should never be allowed in the hot seat again, and I'm sticking to it. But I'll just tell you again, it was a close game, and it could have gone either way. We need a new challenger, everybody. We do. Get in touch. Show at thefootballramble.com. Put bet of the week in your subject line, and I will pick one for Thursday or Friday show. Wonderful. Luke is out of the chair, and Harry Redknapp is out of a job. Redders has gone, ladies and gentlemen. Ding dong, Harry's gone. Uh, Birmingham have sacked him. He didn't even leave of his own accord this time. Mm. Sacked after 13 games in charge. Birmingham have lost six straight games in all competitions. Smirks on faces in the studio right now. No, I don't think so. I, th- I think you know it's, it's a little bit classy to start laughing about someone losing their yeah. job, whoever they are. Pete did but it when Alan Pardew lost his job. That's up to Pete. Pete, <laughs> Pete lives by his own set of rules. Pete's like Liam Neeson in Taken. He, he, he does it himself. That's up okay. to him. But, so you're um, sad to see Harry go? I was no, but I wasn't. I wasn't overtly happy yeah. either. Um, I said smirk, not grins. Okay, well we can we can talk about the uh, <laughs> the difference between those later if you want. But, but I mean, it is a bit of, as low as I am to say it, it's a bit of a strange thing to fire him so early when they've given him so many players. I mean, fourteen players have come in, including the club record signing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the club are clearly quite badly run because they've mm. been through made a few very very strange managerial decisions um, they've now got to bring another manager in I think Lee Carsey's there sort of at the moment as a caretaker they're probably going to bring another manager in who's going to have to work with all these players um, and it just seems a little bit unjoined up but mm. not surprising with the, with the regime that have made a lot of those odd decisions on the other hand you know, they've lost six games in a row and you yeah. know Redknapp is never his fault well he, the ultimate, ultimately the responsibility stops with him you know, so he can't he can't have any complaints really can he? I think there are six players that they brought in though that he's not had a chance to, to, to play yet and it does seem very very early to with, with that in mind to just make this what looks like quite a panicked decision Whenever someone says I, I take your point but whenever someone says that I always think about the idea of Redknapp being fairly laissez-faire with the idea of a medical when he signs a player. <laughs> mm. Well, Redknapp, Redknapp said um, that, that, that Birmingham have got a squad that is probably as good as they've had for a long time. Yeah, um, and and what he's but the thing is, he says anything he wants to say. He came out with yeah. his usual tosh because this he? morning on the radio he said um, I didn't get any of the players that I wanted. Yeah, and so also on, on one hand, well, sorry Jim, on one hand you didn't get any of the players that you wanted, but the players you did get are, are, are going to be challenging for the for the, for the players. Well, I mean, what is it? Which when one he said, is it? I genuinely believe Birmingham have seven forward players who are as good as any in the championship, who unfortunately haven't been playing because of injury. We've obviously got a few players in there who you did want and and, and do like playing. Well, I hope it doesn't mean the club record signing in that, because otherwise, why do they, they sanction that? I mean, yeah. Also, at the end of last season, when he took over at the club, he said he didn't really know anything about the players there, and you know, hadn't hadn't been really keeping up with what was going on down there. So, suddenly, he's now an expert of every player in the championship, and he reckons, you know, however many of them, however many of the best players are at Birmingham, it just doesn't add up, does it? I spoke to him on the radio this morning briefly and gave him an opportunity to take some personal responsibility for Birmingham's poor start. <laughs> he respectfully declined to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way I can sum it up. Yeah, Did well, you see the Birmingham City fan who got? A t- Tattoo of Harry Redknapp leaning out of a car window on his ankle. Oh, he goodness. deserves everything he gets. That guy. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I can only imagine yeah, the, the, the really misery. to see it. The misery in that man's life. Mm. Well, um, Redknapp said that uh, he felt that if he was given time, he would have got a team uh, like Birmingham uh, challenging for promotion. He had no doubt about that. So we'll never know. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, by the way, it's slightly going sort of changing trains. Aston Villa are quietly building something by the look of it. They haven't lost in six games now. They're starting to get up ahead of steam. Mm. Well, Redknapp. Said he, he could have been his last managerial job in football. He said he'd like to help somewhere though, maybe with a young manager. Good, yeah. I should be behind the scenes. Don't you know, like like Tim Sherwood is at Swindon, that kind yeah. of. Yeah. 
No responsibility. <laughs> the go- the ghost all of, at the feast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't be fired because it's not a real job. Yeah. <laughs> all of the decisions, none of the responsibility. Yeah. That is a, a lovely old job, ladies and gentlemen. Um, right then, shall we uh, just pop over to China briefly? There was the Shanghai Derby. Happened over the weekend. We mentioned uh, Vyash Boish's boys in Asian Champions League. Uh, difficulties last time round when, of course, uh, uh, it was uh, Wang Zhu Evergrande who were um, holding them up by trying to, to ram them off the road and all that kind of stuff. It was all a bit nefarious. Mm. But they beat Shanghai Shenua 6-1 with Hulk getting a double. Although it was good to see Carlos Tevez back in the side for, for Shanghai Shenua. This was after he was called fat by manager Wu Jingzhu. Uh, and uh, Jingzhu said that until Carlos gets himself in shape, he won't play. Well, obviously Tevez has. Very the 650 quickly. grand a week may have helped with that. I don't know. He's the highest played, the highest paid player in world football. It's good to, to remind ourselves of that. <laughs> Um, he went home to Argentina while recovering from a muscle injury and came back overweight. Goodness knows what happened there. Maybe teaming up with Diego Costa. I can't think of a doctor in the world that says, you've got a bit of a muscle injury, why don't you fly home 20,000 mm. kilometres to try and get over to it? To the land of steak barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, yeah, to South America, where everyone really behaves themselves it's in like that a, kind of context. It's like a 15-hour flight. Dr Nick, isn't it? How's that good for his circulation? It is age as well, Carlos. I do not Getting know. any younger, is he? But good to see Vyash Boas having a bit more of a straightforward victory rather than having to uh, go to penalties after his side were uh, nearly uh, trafficked well, out at, of the tie. He, yeah. he was absolutely fuming, Vyash Boas. There was a great email we got in about uh, that happening before to a Western Sydney well, Wanderers team We, we as well. had a lot of that come in. So uh, the, the first person who sent it through was a guy called Mark Moyman. So I'm going to take this based on him. So on, um, Moisey. This, the, 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 more is emerging about the Evergrande stuff, right? This is from from 2014. Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers star Shannon Cole has questioned whether Guangzhou Evergrande fans were encouraged to be hostile towards his team for the second leg of their Asian Champions League quarterfinal in China. The team, as well as it seemed like everyone in the city, did their best to make it difficult for us. We had people banging on our doors at 3, 4, 5 in the morning, phone calls throughout the night, hurling abuse at us and stuff like that. On the way to the game, someone purposely swerved in front of our bus, slammed their brakes on, our bus hit them and then a bus hit us from behind. (laughs) We had a backup bus but then five minutes later had another accident. They did everything possible at the ground, hundreds of bottles were hurled at us and it then becomes incredibly Australian but full credit to the guys, it was a fun experience and something we all had a laugh about. Yeah, no bother. <laughs> yeah, they did actually win. It was well. giving them credit for what they did. Western Sydney Wanderers won the AFC Champions League that year. Yeah. They, it was like, I think they've only been a club for like five or six years. They won it in 2014. They're on and off the pitch. But um, other reports I heard, even more than that, was that there were apparently the, the, the team were in, in the team hotel. And every single uh, hotel room, the phone just rang all night. Yeah. It was unbel- apparently yeah. people knocking on doors, weren't but they? There was a long tradition of that, though, because do yeah. you remember the reports? Uh, England in '82 and in '70. Apparently, there was like a samba band outside ahead of the Brazil game all night in Mexico. Oh, right. I think there is a little bit of a, a tradition with yeah. doing that type of stuff. Yeah. Still, the the, the car stuff is, is oh, it's, naughty. It's terrible. It, yeah. You literally you're endangering the lives, endangering of people. people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the problem for England in '82 when they were in Spain, people said it was linked to the Falklands. I think they were they were trying to do um, they, were, they were trying to keep up another side, but because England had Kevin Keegan, they got the wrong house yeah. and, <laughs> and uh, kept them up all night. Um, it, it's it's absolutely extraordinary um, what you were saying, Jim. I mean the, the the bus crashing in from behind. That's a yeah. pincer. Yeah. yeah. They've been done by a pincer well, I mean, movement. They had a spare bus. So have they well, been I warned thought, about this? But I thought to myself, what they should do is, if you're going to play Wang Zhu ever grandy away, turn up and have three buses. <laughs> right, the team are on one, but you've got buses all around the city. Dummy yeah. buses. You yeah. need dummy buses. What sort of person is doing that job? <laughs> it's amazing. Who are you hiring for that? Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Well, who's coordinating it? Yeah. The whole you, thing fascinates me. You're hiring me. Ryan Gosling in Drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's Baby Drive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mad. I've no idea. Let's have some highlights of the week before we finish. Yeah, we all get a break from going for Gold this week because there's no Peter. Um, so the pressure's off us, which is nice, isn't it? It's nice to have a little break. So we're yeah, do I hi- like the pressure. We're doing highlights of the week instead, Marcus. We've got no choice in the matter. All right. Um, first up, Andy Dutton. Uh, my highlight of the week is David Gold tweeting about the progress of West Ham having moved up one position because Everton dropped below us on goal difference. DG. <laughs> Our social media gets more and more embarrassing by the day. DG. <laughs> 
if you want, if you want a better chance of having your highlight of the weekend read out on this show, you, you best end it with DG. It does tend to work. Uh, Luke Thomas, I think um, I speak on behalf of everyone when I say Luke's quote: "I fancy Watford to get something at home to City." Yeah, thank Luke. That got liked four hundred odd times on the Facebook page, um, so I thought I'd better include it. Um, Sam Parfit, this is from him. Hello to you, Sam. He says Genoa's assistant manager crying on the bench when his son yeah. scored a double. Oh, that was yeah, beautiful. Sam says it takes him back to when he scored his first Sunday league goal, age fourteen, and his dad missed it due to being in the car because it was raining. Oh. <laughs> Did it really take him back to that? I'd like to. I'd like to think that Sam's never scored a goal since. Yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, this is from Devang Nishior. Hello to you, Devang. He says, "Good old Neil Warnock in the news, commenting about Marco Asensio's uh, shaving incident and how shaving affects him personally." "Quote: I don't have hairs hardly anywhere. My daughter can't believe how smooth I am." I don't think, there's, there's no way of following that, is there? So no. I thought I'd leave that at the end. There's Let a man that hang. He, there's a man who needs to grip himself a villa in the alcohol. Yeah. DG. <laughs> My highlight of the weekend, perhaps, was um, was the two goals Bournemouth scored. Jordan mm. Ibe with the, with the sets up. Mm. It was, uh, it was the, the, the first one was a lot of fun, and Defoe's finish was very uh, very nice, mm. very nice and dizzy. I did enjoy that. Well My done, highlight man. of the weekend would be Brett Pittman scoring two goals for Portsmouth and a good win. The first goal he headed from close range, the defender booted him in the face, and if you watch the replay, you can actually see the blood exploding from his nose. Should have been a red card, broken nose. Well, there you go. And uh, no, Brett had his head very very low, okay. but uh, he didn't let it affect him. He scored an absolute worldie after that Amazing. to make it two uh, joint top scorer in League One at the moment as predicted by me so not all my predictions are terrible just most oh, of them I are see. probably on the march they are a bit no they're not they, they, they've got no consistency they're almost on the march oh let's have a rest <laughs> <laughs> let's set up a tent at the side of the road rock yeah. back on the march again let's have another it's rest more a hike yeah, they're not getting anywhere they're marching a bit sort of occasionally <laughs> When they were up, they were up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They oh. are certainly halfway up at the moment. <laughs> Neither up or down. There we are, ladies and gentlemen. We've come to the end of the football ramble. Hurrah! It's been a pleasure uh, talking to you. We will be back, of course, at the end of the week with the preview show. But it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Say goodbye, Jim. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,